Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. From the 3v3 PR account, uh, Pat is being held out of this week's episode because of trade scenarios. I'm hearing um, teams, a couple of teams are circling in and around Pat. And it sounds like there's a couple of draft picks going back the other way. One of them centered on um, Cassie. And it looks like the first round pick for the 3v3 next year. But I'm being told that the trade is between two teams. You know, yes. 31, 31 Thoughts podcast and uh, and Merrick versus Wyshynski. Well, technically Merrick versus Wyshynski isn't a podcast anymore. It's just a segment on a... On a radio program. It for... is still a podcast in my heart. Oh, it will always oh. forever be a podcast in our hearts. <laughs> Sadly, no one has been recalled to fill up my roster. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Am I breaking the fourth wall here? Yep. Talking about my own imminent trade. I can't be part of the story. I can't be part of the story. (laughs) We're always a part of the story. There is no story without you, you know? But good on the Arizona Coyotes PR for just, just spelling it out. Being honest. I mean, it's one of the first times that organization has been honest in a while, but, you know. I'm trying to remember. This is not the first time we've seen that, though. No, it isn't. It's. By and large, everything seems to be fine for. hockey operations as of late since since Bill Armstrong took over. Hmm. But we'll see what happens. But uh, just before we started hitting record, we actually had one of those. Oh, um, I, I don't even want to call it uh, throwing stuff at a wall to see what sticks. We're actually getting names thrown out there in a quote-unquote Jacob Chikrin trade. Have either of you seen this yet? Mm-hmm. Nick Kiprios? Ah, oh, darn. We're talking about that tweet? <laughs> yeah. Well, why would they want Nick Kiprios? I mean, he's been retired for decades. Yeah. Oh, he's breaking the news. Is he? Yeah. Although... He might be a little more interesting on intermissions than Jarrett Stoll. But that's me. Dear God, this is true. Oh, God, Stoll is uncomfortable watching intermissions. His analysis is okay. He's just still very stiff. After Mm -hmm. how many seasons has he been doing this now? A lot. Mm Mm-hmm. 
quite a few. So, gosh, so I guess nobody does the coaching thing in hockey media either, huh? Uh, see, with the whole thing with former players is they don't care. <laughs> mm. No, so, they really don't. They really don't. Just so long as you don't um or uh stumble and swear and they don't care. Hmm. So Caprios to LA E four. Got it. <laughs> Rios to L.A. From Toronto. Who's coming back? I don't think they want Stoll. Kelly Brady still doing things down there? No. No, he's... He's up in Calgary. Yeah. Mm. He's full-time with Sportsnet Regional and... The Hockey Night in Canada broadcast. Hmm. Tell how closely I pay attention or, you know, watch games or. (laughs) I was. um, Do stuff and things. I was actually kind of struggling to remember how much he was doing on Hockey Night in Canada. But because I haven't watched. Hockey night in Canada in a while. <clears throat> the mute button is my best friend. I, I just have to say, the times that I do actually watch hockey, it's almost always on mute. That's kind of where I've been lately, too. <clears throat> Terribly sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I've been doing it for years. Me, too. <laughs> just, I... And one of the more interesting things coming off or... or leading up to all-star breaks. Even the play-by-play and color commentators, they they were in a good rhythm. But man, you could tell some of the broadcasts that have just come back from, from like a seven-day break where they hadn't really worked in a while. And man, I could not turn the volume down fast enough on a few of those. <laughs> they were a little over-eager, over-excited. But enough about what was it? Um, oh God! Now I can't. No, now I can't remember <laughs> his name. The dude in Edmonton. Edmonton Jack is his, uh, Jack something or other. I and it's funny because he's American too. So I <clears throat> I I get being hyped, but oh my God. <laughs> That is that is the ultimate fanboy calling a hockey game. It's fun, you know. There's people that I'm not I'm not trying to poop on anyone's parade. It's not for me. And that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's not for me either. You you do you. You enjoy it. He ain't hurting anyone. He ain't doing anything illegal. I don't care. It's just not for me. Live in-game update. Vegas' new first line of Nick Waugh, Brett Howden, and Mr. Colzer. Give the team a 
two nothing lead against the Ducks, or is it really like a twelve nothing lead against the Ducks? How does that math work when you're playing Anaheim? We're not doing math here. I don't know what you're you're talking about. We're not doing math here. Oh, Mr. Oh. Rubik is, and he's he's quietly happy. Got to catch up or drop down to Columbus a little. It doesn't help. Oh, no, it doesn't. You're talking about minuscule percentage points in a, in a crop shoot where you're at best a one in four of winning at best. But these guys like to lie to themselves. Oh, my God, how they like to lie to themselves. And others. <laughs> And it's not a lie if you believe it. And some, some of these gentlemen believe it. I mean, you have to be a little delusional to play professional sports anyway, like delusionally optimistic, because otherwise it's going to beat your ass into the ground. (laughs) Why can't you just enjoy it? Well, you can't enjoy enjoy the trade of another player. (laughs) That takes up the roster spot that you wanted, even though you have a full no move clause and have decided you wanted to wait until 10 days before the deadline to make a final decision. (laughs) And then proceed to run to the press crying because you didn't get what you wanted. Did your poor little baby not get to go where he wanted to go? No, he didn't, did he? Your poor little baby boy. That was certainly a thing that happened. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to remember. I mean, Thornton did it a couple of years ago, but it wasn't to that extent. Now, was that to Toronto when Marlowe first arrived? I, I believe so. And I believe it was a case of he Joe he thorned himself out of a potential trade because he, I forget what the heck it was. There was some situation about him signing something like a, a one year deal or something. Um, whether he was going to come back to the franchise or not, and he was kind of like, well, I don't know, you know. And then they scuttled the trade because. Um, they weren't sure what what his future was going to be like. There was something weird like that around there where he just basically did his whole, you know, Joe Thornton, I don't know, I'll figure it out when I get there type thing. And the trade ended up getting scuttled, and then he got all boo-boo faced about it because he didn't get to go to a contender that year. But this, this, this was just like... Oh God. Well, they... What amazes me is the fact that, like... They don't recognize the fact that the players don't, that to an extent they can like screw themselves out of a trade by not playing well, by being injured, by, you know, having a bad attitude, by (laughs) all sorts of things. And yet they don't quite recognize that. (laughs) Well, and to to that point, Cassie, I'm like trying to figure out why the hell would anyone take him? No, I know. 
And then to go out there and say, well, I think all that stuff about my injuries being overblown and everyone else is going, yeah, okay, so then you just suck now. Your numbers mm-hmm. are off because you just suck, which makes you even less appealing as a trade target. I always, I always go back to that that movie Little Big League, right, where the little kid takes over managing the twins and he's got the one prima donna all-star pitcher and, you know, the dude's the dude's shaking off signs and, you know, everyone's getting mad at him. And the coach, you know, one of the coach comes over and says, he says to the coach, you know, you're right. You know, you should trade me right now. I don't deserve to be in this jersey. And the coach is all like, you're damn right. You know, blah, blah, blah. And the kid says, no, we're not trading you. What are you going to do, bench me? No, we're not going to bench you. You're going out there and you're playing every day. Gee, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, I might continue to forget these things. Well, that's your choice. You're the free agent. Hey, what's the going rate for a guy that can't strike anyone out and has a bad memory? Mm-hmm. You know? It... Was that the best of the 90s baseball movies involving kids? I think so. I, I, I really think it was. Uh, you know, I've revisited a few with my kids. They can get through about one-third of any movie that's not animated but hey um i'm the same <laughs> at least you can admit maybe we should hire children to run uh front offices of teams but with that said if the la kings want to acquire jacob chikrin and trading picks and prospects to do it including a recent first rounder that they selected yeah, makes sense to me i think I think Brandt played himself out of a job. This year. Yeah. Yeah, I think he played himself out of being untouchable and into being a chip. Mm. And, you know, it's and it's sad because, you know, you sit there and say, okay, well, nine games at the pro and then, you know, what he did at the World Junior wasn't, you know, earth shattering, you know kind of would have expected him to be a little bit more and you know you also got to remember he's not even 20 yet so you know it's it's one of those things right and to our point earlier you know maybe it's the wake-up call sometimes right yeah but so many of these guys don't see it as a wake-up call they just see it as an inevitability this is just how hockey works and it's like no if things are not going your way, you should be like, screw this. I'm going to change it. I'm going to do something about it. I've, I have a say in how this goes. I'm going to, I'm going to have a say. And, but so many of them are just, you know, they get sent down, they, they get down, you know, pushed down a line. They're like in and out of the lineup and they're just like, well, what can I do? And it's like, well, you can play better. you know you can like use it as an as motivation to do better but instead they're just like crushed (laughs) exactly like what chickering is kind of doing he wanted out he came to an agreement it probably hasn't happened as quickly as he would have liked but he rehabbed and he came back and has played as well as you can for a um, meandering NHL franchise. Can yeah, I mean that's that's what you do. It's like you know, outside of professional sports, at least hockey, if nothing else, you know, if if 
you get talked to by your supervisor that maybe you need to do better, what do you do? You shut up and do better. <laughs> you know, because at that point you're thinking, well, if I don't do better, then does that mean I'm not going to have a job down the road? I guess I need to like suck it up and do better. And and these guys don't. Like, there's a good chunk of them that don't. And I'm like, how? To your, how does why? <laughs> I, I think Cassie, to your point, this goes back to one of the things that we always harp on, and that is development. And in those cases where they're told to do better, what are they getting as as points they need to improve on? Is it contrary to what they really need to do, or are they are they trying to force a square peg in a round hole instead of saying? You know, you have to you have to strengthen all of your weaknesses, which may not work for some players. Why don't you say let's minimize your weaknesses and really start upping your strengths? You know, try it's that kind of thing, right? Okay, we're going to send you down because you're not playing to our, you know, what we we you're not giving us what we need from you. And here, you know, here are the things we need you to do better. And he goes and a player goes down and tries to do that, and the rest of their game suffers for it. Well, but there's also just the fact that as we've talked about before is how much direction are these guys getting, right? Do they, are they even getting points to work on? Or are they just being told, go down, work on your game. And if you improve, I, we'll bring you back and that's it. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure they're being told some things and I'm sure that I'm sure these staffs between the two teams by and large, and, and when I say by and large, I mean, for your top prospects, I'm sure they're getting very well instructed. The guys that are the fourth, fifth round guys that are, you know, clunking along or whatever, probably aren't getting the same level of detail. You know, they're almost left to their own devices unless they've shown something. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think is you're going to put your efforts into some, you're going to put your efforts somewhere you think you're going to get rewarded for, I guess is really what I'm saying. Right. And I mean, it, 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 it goes back to what also we've been talking about is the fact that the hockey at younger levels, right. Get, they break these players spirits so that they don't have to deal with a bunch of rambunctious boys. So they end up doing what they're told for fear that they're not going to stay on the team. And so that goes along with the, you know, not getting annoyed or angry that you're being sent down and trying to do better and and prove people wrong thing. Right. I don't know. It just, it baffles me because it's just such a 180 from my own personal, like, outlook in life <laughs> i know <laughs> you know i and how, how much have you heard about shane wright lately not nary a blip right now that he's been traded now he's playing somewhere else he's you know he's just chugging along injured actually but yes yeah, but I mean, he was just chugging along. You know, he wasn't he wasn't tearing anyone, doing you know he wasn't like Wayne Gretzkying the OHL or anything. He was just chugging along. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I uh, yeah, you know, that's about it for me. 
I'm so sick and tired of the whining around this time of year for trade deadline, especially from players who have no move clauses in their contract and then decide they want out. And then when they, it's just, I'm sorry, that is still just a, the most hysterical thing to me is, is him running to the press getting boo-boo faced about not getting to go where he wanted to go because they decided to get another guy and have that guy proceed to score a goal in his first game with the new team, you know, on a line where he totally is going to have himself a heyday. Talk about being being entitled, though, right? Right. You know, the whole, well, why didn't I get to go where I wanted to go thing? It's just like, my God, really, guy? (laughs) Why don't you wait about five, six months, and then you maybe get to? No. Maybe? No. No way they no way they no. I I unless the the wheels come completely flying off the Rangers, I think they find a way to get something done with Tarasenko. Well, I was thinking more he's about to be a UFA and then he can you know, he might have some option in in choice of where he goes. Oh sure he will. But Chicago ain't gonna wait and let it get to that, no. right? They're gonna, and they're gonna try and find just, something. And it's very interesting. The person who you know, quote unquote, seemed to want to stay in Chicago longer, seemed more willing to hang out with the organization. He's the one that's crying upset in the media, but you know, Jonathan Taves is you don't hear nary a word. And he's performing perfectly adequate for, for you know, a player with, you know, some injury troubles in the past few years, but is putting together a solid season on a terrible club. I kind of think it's poetic justice for both of them to go down with the ship for the rest of their careers there. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. I'm with you, <laughs> Cassie. I want I want them to be not wanted elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I want them so, to kind of be stuck there. Yeah. Yeah. After what happened, I actually want to yeah. see Taves go on the Corey Perry journeyman tour. Maybe potentially challenge a Mike Zillinger record, just float from team to team every year in perpetuity. I don't. The funny thing is, is I don't see him doing that. He's got his three cup rings. You know, Perry is trying to recreate 2007 because it's been so long for him. I don't see Tays doing that. I mean, I mean, it was. 2015 yeah. was uh, further further away than we all realize sometimes. Uh, yeah, but, you know, one versus three. And he's also, I, I have hope that Jonathan Taze recognizes his game is pretty much gone at this point in his career. You know, and, and even though we all admired 
no, I won't say that. Even though Jeff Merrick loves his little, you know, I want to see players who have to be dragged off the ice, I'm not sure how much of a chance he's going to be getting to be dragged off the ice. You know? Yeah, I, I hate, personally, I hate seeing players who have to be dragged off the ice. I prefer guys who, like, recognize that they're done. Whether that's, you know, nobody own. wants them or they're actually done. I would prefer to see guys recognize when the end of their career is the end of their career and then they can move on with life. You know, they're, it's the guys that I feel bad for that are the injuries, like, cut their career short, you know, and they have no choice in the matter. Because they literally can't. Yes. Our, their body our, literally tells them no. Yeah. Um, our, our beloved Peter. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, I I think the guys who stick it out until the last possible possible minute until they're pretty much kicked out of the game are kind of sad. It's like you're trying to stick around with something that doesn't benefit you anymore because you have no experience with anything outside of life of hockey. But enough about the Rolling Stones. Um, <laughs> Who? God, talk about somebody just milking it. Um, I I just have a hope that Taze will, you know. Well, let's, okay, PK, right? Mm-hmm. PK is kind of a prime example. You know, what he wanted contract-wise wasn't going to be out there for him. And so he had to kind of have that realization that he's not the guy he used to be. Can't even get anywhere close to it. So, okay, I'm done. Right. Go out on your own terms. Don't yeah. go out. Don't go out because somebody else makes that decision for you. Or your body makes that decision for you. Well, I think his body did make that decision for him somewhat. Because, you know, as we've as we've complained about him before, he's one of the chronic overtrainers. Mm-hmm. And I think his, his body just got to a point that he could not physically play the way he wanted to because he overtrained to play a different way. Um, but, guy, you know, good on him. Mad respect for, for coming up and just saying, you know what? Okay. It's not going to be there and I can't do it the way I want to do it anymore. Then I'm done. Wish more guys did that. But enough about Joe Thornton. Mm. He'll be the he'll be the one you know that goes up his Hall of Fame induction speech and complains about how you know he had a couple more good years left in him. He felt you know and he just couldn't find a contract anywhere and blah 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 blah. But enough about Yarmir Yager. Hey. <laughs> Dude, you mean hockey's all-time goal-scoring leader in professional ranks? Yeah, really Yager? The guy who had to buy a team in order to keep playing? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to sit back and watch you and, and Pat fight, Gessie, because this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I mean, good on him that, like, that, like he still can but at the same time, I'm kind of like, dude, give it up. I mean, you're like a few months older than me, and there's no way in hell that I'd <laughs> be doing that. <laughs> Why not? I have a bad ankle. I can't do a hockey stop anymore. 
So your body says you can't. His body's telling him he can. Or he's ignoring his body. He's playing second division check. I think his body's okay for second division <laughs> check. No offense. They're, you know, I couldn't, guys, I'm not dragging. I'm, I'm saying, you know, it, it's a bit different. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, he's a few years younger than me, and there isn't any way in hell I could get out there and do a, do a single shift in a second division, second division check league game. If he can, good on him. He's far better shape than I am. <laughs> what about you, Pat? You think you could do a second division check league? My my head says yes. My heart <laughs> and body say no. No, there's absolutely no way without, you know, a year and a half's worth of training. Yeah. Just to, just to be able to step on the ice as a official let's be honest um does european hockey need more stay-at-home defenders because that's about the only position i could really contribute <laughs> i think every team needs... something something age yeah you're you're the youngster here um <laughs> you're the youngin um dear god he is isn't he mm -hmm. jesus ouch that's why you keep that talking that's why you keep talking to us it makes you feel less old oh no you can you can uh talk to some of my teammates and they will tell you man you're the oldest blank blank something uh aged player we've ever met <laughs> um I can, I can yell at you to get off my lawn. <laughs> you really can. I can't even believe it took you this long to figure out, Patrick. <laughs> I, don't, I generally don't give two poops about anyone's age until it gets thrown in my face like that, Cassie. Age doesn't bother me. Like people are people. As long as you're, as long as you're above drinking age, I'm fine. <laughs> Drinking age in what country? Uh, since I live in the U.S., it would be the U.S. Drinking age in what state? It's all 21. I know. They had to normalize it for the for the federal highway money fund crap. Mm-hmm. Which, which took all the fun out of the... Of, which took going out, to Pullman? <laughs> I was going to say, which took out the only reason anyone would ever want to go to Pullman is because you could <laughs> drive across the border to Idaho and drink at 19. Right. Washington State University, the bad old days when it used to be one of the biggest party schools in the country. Now they just still continue to churn out Pizza Hut delivery drivers. Um, <clears throat> did I have, I had, I thought I had a question. No, did I? I don't know. I'm of five minds. Three of them are crazy. Two of them are in therapy. Well, you're doing better than me. Um, I've lost half my marbles, and I've got two brain cells. One's lost, and the other's out looking for it. So they're both lost. Um, no, they're just in bags in Neverland. <laughs> they're in a momentary <laughs> If 90s movies taught us anything, they're still out there somewhere, and someone knows where it is. Just they're not just, you. 
They're just in a momentary state of transition. It's fine. <laughs> I, uh, I now, I now know why I do absolutely. I, I do still kind of adore a little big league. It's because Randy Johnson and, and Ken Griffey Jr. are actually in the movie. Uh, and you got to and you got to see the sweet swing from Junior in big glorious thirty five millimeter cinema form. And I still always want to know if Timothy Busfield did actually stand in the box with Randy Johnson throwing at him. There should be something in the IMDb like trivia section, right? For yeah. that movie. I'm hoping so. I may have to go look that up. I mean, I know there's no way in hell Randy was going full chat. Because, you know, that 101 mile an hour breaking ball he used to chuck, you know, the the pigeon killer. <laughs> I was going to say the one he used to kill birds with. <laughs> yeah, the the pigeon killer. Um, I, I, no, you, you, I don't, I, I don't think you could pay me enough to stand in the box with him hurling that rocket at me. And yes, I know he's a highly trained professional and, you know, had unbelievable accuracy but i also remember the early days when his accuracy wasn't all that great <laughs> so i think and then of course the pigeon um <clears throat> well i mean to be fair the pigeon flew in front of the pitch right <laughs> so i guess his accuracy has really improved <laughs> you know to hit a moving target um <clears throat> it's kind of like when deer hits your car rather than you're hitting the deer yeah, like the stupid son. They run right into you. Mm-hmm, they do. I've I've had a a friend of mine had a deer run into the side of their car. So like as they were driving, so they're doing like you know forty forty five or something down the road, and the deer ran into their car and then ran off, and so they pulled over and literally there was like this big dent in the side of their fender, the side of their fender where the deer hit them. Maybe he was trying to rut with the car. I don't know. Um. Oh, that was that was that was the uh, other thing I was going to talk about. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> is is ruts? Um, and speaking of ruts, Eric Carlson. <laughs> it's a groove or a rut. It's all perspective. Uh, who the hell's trading for him? Why does his name continue to pop up? Who the hell is trading for him? People like to lie to themselves. <laughs> God. They're delusional, all right? Delusional. Here's what I should say. Who shouldn't be traded for him? Like, he is what he is at this stage, but he's still kind of fun to watch. If he doesn't have to play defense, yes, then he's kind of scary. He doesn't have to play defense. Go to Carolina and then go to Philly and, you know... Philadelphia's, you know, management will appreciate again what a a, uh, a good job other teams do at developing defense, and they'll ignore their shortcomings as coaches. But uh, <sighs> it would be fun to see more fun players. I don't want any more two hundred foot hockey players because the game just gets boring and watered down. Drama makes the playoffs more interesting because they're either stakes or one team's, you know, about to hit the golf course. And we get to make all those jokes again and again. Because like Jamie Ben jokes, they never get old. (laughs) And they shouldn't. 
God, I really shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, even the even the dude, the racist POS mullet kid who got popped wearing the wearing the Ben sweater didn't go down. So. Yeah. <laughs> But me, meanwhile, you know, while anyone who works in TV at those two, I guess three networks now, because ESPN will complain, oh, oh there are no more trades on trade deadline. Well, it's a deadline. It's not the day when things have to happen. Um, I was watching Edmonton, Montreal. A little earlier today, and it was nice seeing Alex. I'm gonna butcher this last name. I actually listened to the pronunciation ahead of time, <laughs> and now I am just it. Alex Belzeal scoring his first NHL goal at the age of 31. It was just a fun, nice little moment. It's just like, oh. It's nice that he hasn't been completely jaded as a a bit of a yo-yo player. He is the uh, the classic 4A captain of the AHL club. But he, he finally got a nice little milestone goal for himself. And it was a it was a heck of a play too. Yeah, it was. And he'll, you know, I'm I'm sure when Ken Reed does his next book One Night Only, you know, his his next version of One Night Only, they'll enjoy talking to him. Because, you know, he'll say you got to do it against Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. One goal only. One goal only. Speaking of uh, first time doing something, <laughs> Sidney Crosby got ejected per, from a game last night for the first time in his career. I really thought that, that, that he had done that before. <laughs> nope. And boy, howdy. He was not gonna let that go. He he got the two and he got the ten. No, he didn't get two. He got two tens. Did he get two tens? He I got he two got a, tens. He got he got a ten for um, being. I think it was it, technically they didn't say they just said game you know misconduct in that game misconduct right so. Abusive officials, for one, and abusive, you know, verbal, verbally abusing the guy who, like, cross-checked him. So there was actually no, I saw the the gif going around after the fact this morning. And uh, there were no, there was no physical altercation after the fact. It was just him expressing his discontent. Oh, he expressed his discontent. <laughs> And continue to express it, and continue to express it, and mm-hmm. and that's why I think that's, I think that they're trying. The the refs were trying. He, from what I was looking at, I don't think that it was warranted. I mean, he should should have gotten penalized. Certainly, should have gotten kicked out of the game. Probably not. But I think that with the score being what it was, the refs were like, we're toss, tossing this guy to make an example of him, so this game doesn't get out of hand. That was just my take on it, but Cassie, you are correct. He was not assessed a minor penalty. Mm-mm. 
Yeah, he got a he got a misconduct and then a game misconduct. So he got the but ten then, and then lost. What's odd is why was Victor Arvidsson, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, never mind. The way they wrote these. Yeah, Anderson got a misconduct because he and Sydney were chirping at each other. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't so stop. That penalty. Well, Arvidsson also got the ten, or Anderson. No, Anderson also. got a ten. Crosby got a ten. Anderson was called for cross-checking. That had to be served by someone else because of the ten. Mm-hmm. Correct. This was classic. This game was not within reach. We're giving these players ten, so we're not skating four on four. What was the score at that point? Because they lost what six to nothing. Five nothing. Did? I think it was five it was, nothing at that point. I think it was five nothing because it was. I think the six goal followed. No, six, no, no. It, it was later in the third. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was okay. it was six nothing at that point, Cassie. So, so it the was game, the game, gone. There was no chance of Pittsburgh doing anything. Mm-mm. You give the tens out to avoid the extra paperwork and avoid the four on four situations where somebody's going to get tripped from a vicious hack at the knees because, well, maybe Happy. that's the only way the Penguins knew how to play defense last night. Who knows? <sighs> but Jeff mm-hmm. Petrie had four minutes of power play time in that game. Good Lord. That makes my eye twitch. That tells me everything I need to know about the state of that game. Uh, God, that makes my eye twitch. (laughs) Meanwhile, yeah, um, zero Los Angeles Kings players had more than that. No, excuse me, Kopitar had a a scant two seconds more than... uh, His opponent, Jeff Petrie, in the power play last night. He also had three assists for what that's worth. (laughs) Because all the damage was done in the first two periods. (laughs) Well, they had the, the, uh, the Kings had their number retirement ceremony before. Mm -hmm. That probably went on for, those things should really be scheduled like, they, I will, I will stop you there, Cassie. They actually did a really fantastic job. They did not let it drag into game time. They started it early because they had the whole thing outside. They did a little presentation on the ice um, afterwards, and the, the, it was it was actually pretty much done and dusted by what would be normal game time start for them. Which is seven thirty. Seven thirty. Yeah. Well, 7.30, puck drops 7.40, 7.45, you know, with depending on who wants to star search the national anthem that night. Uh, talk about cringy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People doing national anthems is the cringiest thing, not, not from a... From a the fact that they do it, the fact that how they sing, having a musical background, like half the time I'm just like wincing, going, oh, that's not a note. No, no. 
Well, they've got the best one of the one of the best um, in-game organists and accompanists out there in Dieter Rule. So, mm-hmm. I trust. Look, or- organizations can't bat a thousand for everything in their in-game presentation. Yeah, but they should at least strive for. I don't know. Batting thirty, you know, three hundred and thirty-three. <laughs> oh, I mean, I would say by and large, LA's game production is top two or three teams in the league. And yeah, certainly, the marketing of this, you know, Dustin Brown uh, number retirement ceremony is deserves to be commended because it just looked some of the stuff looked cool. Yeah. And it's LA, so of course it's going to be a bit over the top, and in, in a way that you know you would it's see LA. in Vegas and Vegas only. Kind of. Um, so looks like they looks like they got puck drop about ten minutes later than normal, Cassie. Mm-hmm. So sure. you know it wasn't it wasn't like Montreal, right? Gosh. Where everyone where everyone's in their seats by five o'clock, the puck drops by like eight thirty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. They made. I think, from everything that I saw from my friends that are Kings fans and blah blah blah, they really made a point of telling everyone to get there early, like you know, six thirty type thing, because mm-hmm. they were going to do a lot of stuff before the game. Which is good, because most teams, or many teams, I shouldn't say most, many teams don't tend to do that. <laughs> Oh, so true. They tend to do the, okay, well, you know, everyone's going to be here at 7 or 7.30, whatever their normal puck drop is. So that's when we'll start. (laughs) Montreal. Montreal. You, seven minutes after the top of the hour for U.S. versus U.S. teams? Eight minutes after the top of the hour for when it's a U.S. versus Canadian team in the U.S. and so on and so forth. Or, or hear me out. How about we have the puck drop at exactly seven all the time? Not we're going to do the national anthem at seven or we're going to do the, the ceremonial puck drop at seven. But how about we actually... Drop the real game pug at seven. In what no. universe do you live in, Cassie? <laughs> we don't Apparently I live in Europe because it's not happening here. <laughs> Once you just gains possession and let's get rid of all face-offs. <sighs> well, let's just have a coin flip. And they get to start with the puck behind their own net. Let's just home have a team random... Gets to start with, home team gets to start with it. For two periods, away team gets it for one and overtime. How about we just give it to a fan closest to the uh, um, face-off circle and have them throw it in? Have them just sort of chuck it over the glass? And yeah, drive. so you know how, like, basketball, if something goes out of bounds, you have one member of the team oh, out of bounds and, and toss it pass. in? Yeah, so, so you know, that's kind of hard to do in hockey, so we'll just have a, just have a fan do it. Fan participation. And tonight's honored puck hucker. No, you'd have to have one in each corner. No, well. No, 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 no. no, no. You, I you have see a better one, idea. Cassie. 
And please welcome tonight's honored puck huckers, you know, Staff Sergeant John Jacobson. You see what's going to happen, Cassie? Mm hmm. Now I know. All players stand outside the faceoff circle to start the game. Someone from either the middle of the scoreboard or some automated machine just drops at 100 feet. Blurns ball. Go How, for it. Or, or um, everybody piles their sticks at center ice and the puck's underneath it, and then everybody has to go get their stick, and whoever gets their stick last gets the puck? Nah, rugby scrum. Mm. All five skaters line up on the on their side of the red line, engage in a scrum, and then the official just sort of chucks the puck into the middle of the scrum. <laughs> Sticks what, what are randomly is? laid out along the blue lines. You have to go from the face-off dots in your defensive zone. Dodge Pick ball. up your stick. Rugby yes. rules. Rug, rugby rules. Or what is dodgeball. it? Dodgeball. It's rugby and dodgeball. Rugby rules hockey. How many times would Connor McDavid win? How many times would he get dogpiled on? <laughs> this is also true. Connor would need one off season to perfect the somehow kicking the stick immediately up to your hand off of some spinning move. He would, fig- he would figure out how into to do his it. hand. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Would you? Now, wait a minute. Yeah, that can't have help. Okay. I was trying to close the, I was trying to close the, close the loophole where Connor would get there first, grab his stick, and then flip Leon's stick to him. No, see, they kick it off of each other's, like, shins and pop it back to themselves. Gotcha. So so it doesn't have to be the boards it pops off of. It just can pop off of any object within the ice, like, within the boards. Gotcha. So when we get to the point where we're like some hockey East schools where there's one bench on each side of the ice... One player per team starts on the goal line, flies by their bench, and grabs a stick from an equipment manager. <gasps> Let's do Lamont start, where they have to be yeah. on the bench, and they have to fly over. Okay. Okay. Have to, have to, I like it. Opposite Lamont, sides. Opposite Benches sides. Opposite sides. Yeah. Okay. Lamont start. They have to be on their benches. Official places a pocket center ice. Skates out of the circle, blows the whistle, Lamont start. <laughs> so do we do a lap around the ice first and then go, or do we No no straight Lamont? No, straight now what you're describing Cassie they could use in the all-star competition. Unfortunately, they can't drag that one out for ten minutes. Mm. They'll find a way to try, but they won't be able to succeed. Philip J. Kessel, Philip J. Kessel. <laughs> this has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.